in this week's Torah portion, Vayechel, God instructs the Israelites in Exodus, take from among you gifts to the eternal. Everyone whose heart is so moved shall bring them. So the whole community of the Israelites left Moses' presence, and everyone who excelled in ability and everyone whose spirit was moved came, bringing to God an offering for the work of the tent of meeting, for the Mishkan, and for all its service. Then, two chapters later, it tells us that Betzalel, the artisan appointed to craft the Mishkan, made a laver of copper and a stand from the mirrors of the women who performed tasks at the entrance of the tent of meeting. The Midrash teaches that the copper from the mirrors was melted down and turned into bowls that the priests would wash their hands in before presenting offerings to God. The bowls retained some of the magic of the mirrors so that when the priests went to wash their hands, they could see their reflections in the bowls. That way, they would have to face themselves before they faced God. If they couldn't look at themselves in the mirror, both literally and figuratively, then they should not approach the divine. Looking at ourselves in the mirror can be a humbling experience. One month ago, I gave a sermon about anti-Semitism and the recent vandalism against cemeteries and bomb threats to JCCs. And yesterday morning, the Israeli police arrested a 19-year-old Jewish-American-Israeli teenager, accusing him of carrying out more than 100 bomb threats against Jewish institutions. The news was not what I had expected. And I am still processing what it means for a young Jewish man, whether or not he is mentally stable, to mastermind a months-long hateful campaign against Jewish communities around the world. So I invite you on this Shabbat to process this a little bit with me. Why am I so upset? Is it because I am embarrassed by my own assumptions? Did we imagine an unemployed, divorced, conservative white man in the South? Did we imagine an educated but angry Muslim immigrant? We thought we knew where the danger lied, but so many of our stereotypes are being upended as we learn more in the news. Is it because it feels like a betrayal from one of our own? I had immediate flashbacks to when Yigal Amir assassinated Yitzhak Rabin, or when Baruch Goldstein massacred worshiping Muslims in Hebron. When are we our own worst enemy? When are we more weakened by our internal conflicts by our, than by our external threats? Is it because this temporary moment of solidarity feels shattered? We are never more united as a Jewish community than when we are fighting anti-Semitism together. A common enemy reminds us of the important role of our organizations and helps us to put aside our disagreements about the politics of Israel or of pluralism. This news drove a wedge through the bridges that we have been building since January in particular. 
Was this teenager religious or secular, conservative or liberal, more American or more Israeli? Was he a lone wolf or part of a larger conspiracy? Was he a victim of a system that does not provide enough support for mental illness? We don't know, and I can predict that we will pore over the details in the coming weeks, looking for clues as to how this happened. Is it because we are afraid that this arrest will delegitimize the real struggle against anti-Semitism in this country and around the world today? That people will think that anti-Semitism isn't real. Yet we still don't know who vandalized the cemeteries in St. Louis and in Philadelphia. We still don't know who painted the swastikas on synagogue walls in the Northwest. We still don't know who screamed, kill the Jews, at Belmont High School Stadium, less than 30 miles from here, this past week. Anti-Semitism is still very much alive and on the rise, and we should not discount that because of the actions of one. Even in our 21st century world of universal values, of multiple identities, many of us still see the world through the prism of, is it good or bad for the Jews? And yesterday felt bad for the Jews. When we look in the mirror, we want to see Jews winning Oscars, inventing technology to solve the water crisis, and playing heroic baseball. We want our 19-year-olds to be sitting at their computers creating the next Google and Facebook as the generation before them, not playing cruel pranks on community centers and schools. We think so much in the we. We still, even now, have such a strong sense of community that when one of our own hurts us, we do not know how to handle it. We throw out insults like self-hating Jew, anti-Semitic Judaism, and even kapo. But that is because we have no other healthier way to handle it. Yesterday, amidst the same news cycle, David Friedman was confirmed as the ambassador to Israel by a 52-48 vote, and every Jewish senator voted against him. This moment in time is really testing us. It's testing us to define what is good for the Jews and how do we know it when we see it. And are even parts of our community going to agree once we figure it out? We need to look in the mirror and reflect on our own assumptions about the dangers we face from within and without. We need to look in the mirror and reflect on how we fight against anti-Semitism, articulating what it is and why it is dangerous, the assumptions we make, the words we choose, when will we act and when we are silent. We look at this moment and we cannot see ourselves in the mirror and blindly worship ourselves, our heroes and our religion, but nor can we indiscriminately tear ourselves apart and think that everything we do and believe is false. We have to be honest. We have to celebrate the good where we see it and we have to seek to work to improve where we do not. Exodus presents a vision of a Jewish community that chooses to bring all of themselves, 
their talents, their possessions, their energy, their mirrors, to the project of building a sacred space for God to reside. And like the priests who serve there, we cannot be in a meaningful relationship with God or with each other until we come face to face, until as we are washing our hands, as we are figuring out how to take care of our bodies and our souls, of our children and our cities, of our entire kahila, of our entire community, we need to see our reflection in the bowl. We need to be able to see ourselves, to face ourselves, and then to be able to engage with the divine. Shabbat Shalom.